This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Like I said, uh, the person who's probably happy about this John Gruden story is Urban Meyer. Um, The Urban Meyer controversy, I guess, started a week ago, right? When some of those photos and videos began making the rounds and mostly jokes I would say were the initial responses to that um I have seen people call for Urban Meyer's job as a result of it but very different story from the the John Gruden one you know the the difference that makes it uh maybe uh the way people are more hesitant on the Gruden than, than Meyer despite the fact that I think John Gruden's story is much worse than the the Urban Meyer story is reputation and Urban Meyer is just not well liked in general and he has a a track record of things that would make you wonder why he got a job in the first place why he's continuing to get hired as far as the incident in question from last weekend I don't know I I mean uh, my first thought is that's between him and his wife whatever was going on there uh my second thought is you know I can't play um, Zapruder film with every aspect and every shot and every camera angle to try and determine exactly what took place or or what happened. Um, I know there was a second angle that maybe was more damning to his actions than the first. When I first saw it, I, I thought, you know, this is not a big deal. It's between him and his family. Um, but it obviously blew up and there are the criticisms of him not traveling home with the team, which isn't typical for NFL coaches and then bringing the distraction to the team. And, you know, there's, there's Urban Meyer already what he's done in Jacksonville, right? Like he hires a strength coach who's been accused of, of insulting players in the past. He brings in Tim Tebow, who is, uh, you know, a bit of a sideshow when that goes down. And now this, on top of his his litany of transgressions in the college ranks. But uh, here, here's what Urban Meyer had to say about the situation. The conversations have been horrible. I, I own the mistake that I made. I've always looked at the job of a coach for 30-plus years that I've done this is to everything you can possibly do to – make your players comfortable play the game that sports performance I give everybody the best possible situation and then get out of the way and I didn't do that I became a distraction 
made a stupid decision, and uh, I apologize to it. I certainly understand our owner, Mr. Khan, has been uh, fantastic since the day I met him, and I apologize to him as well, and and uh, have to move forward and regain the trust. Here's what what's you know like you could point to the Jaguars' record and and all that. The Jaguars stunk last year. That's why they got the number one pick. Um, I don't think that really plays into this. What what I think ultimately happens here with Urban Meyer is he is now, as they say, on thin ice. Anything. The next anything where you would think, oh, maybe his job's in trouble, he's gone. Period. With John Gruden, he might be gone over that email just by itself. And and that's, you know, part of the you know, what Urban Meyer did was questionable, um, maybe stupid, whatever whatever word you want to use. Uh again, I I can't I can't do frame by frame breakdowns of videos to, and, and tell you exactly what happened but it's just like haha what are you doing man you know that that kind of thing um i i don't know how you know i think it's his restaurant right how how's he let that happen in his own restaurant <laughs> what what john gruden did though is immediately like Ugh. even if it was 10 years ago and and, and i think the the gruden story is going to be bigger it, because I, I think it's a bigger deal. I think it just is. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Mike in Maryland. Mike, you're up next here on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Hey, Robin. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, listen. What Gruden said, it's wrong. But if, I, I know if, if Mr. Smith were, were a white gentleman, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Um, I'm 58 years old. I have extremely large lips. Girls love it. But that's. That's a whole different story. Um, it's a sensitive issue because it's an African-American. Now, I'm just wondering, with the Afri- African-American community, the N-word is used constantly between African-Americans, and it's accepted. No one else can say the N-word or they're a racist. Now, if an African-American man is calling another African-American man the N-word, it's totally acceptable. Um, as far well, as going, I, I, I don't know Smith. how that. Wait, for hold on. I I don't know how you get to that point from this. It has nothing to do with this. Um, one, f- first of all, yes, it wouldn't be a big deal if it was a white guy because it's not. There haven't been depictions of white people like that. You know, there white people have not been uh, the subject of of minstrel cartoons and 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 that kind of language and depictions historically. There is a precedent. There is historical precedent. There is an ugly history there, so that's why it's different. I don't think you should insult anybody's appearance. You shouldn't talk about anybody like that. But there is a massive difference. As far as, and I'm only going to address this because you brought it up directly, I'm going to move on from it. The N-word thing, that's not like a cut-and-dry issue either. There are a lot of debates within the black community uh, uh, about that. Now, the one... uh, argument you will hear is that they've taken the power uh, of that word and, and made it theirs. Uh, the other would be that nobody should use it. And that that's happens constantly. But that's, you know, using a word isn't what makes somebody racist. You, you know, w- your actions, your thoughts, the way you treat people uh, is, is what makes somebody racist. And and I, I just yeah. don't know how I just don't know how you go from this John Gruden email to that like that. There, there, it just it, it's a jump. Like it's just you wanted a, a reason to be able to say that. No, no, no. It, it's the similarity of everybody's taking it in context of the Michelin tire lips. Like I said, I have extremely large lips, 
and the large lips automatically go back to him being African-American. My point is nobody wants to talk about um, what's going on in the African-American community of what's being said. But, but when there's a white gentleman, like I said, if Mr. Smith but, were white. But what does that have to do with this? It has a lot to do with this because that's what John Gruden's being criticized on, of making a racial slur. Because racial one should know. Like, like it, and one is white. And my last yes. point. Anna, because, yes, yes, yes. Because black people have been depicted a certain way and white people have not. Duh. I mean, it's not, that's not hard to figure out. Like, it, it, one should know that nose and lips and their description, not to mention, you know, intellectual acuity, are, have been racially used in the past. And, and that's just, uh, like, you should know that. That's not like a, a new thing. So it, it, don't insult anyone's appearance. Treat everyone with respect. But there is a difference between saying that about a white person and saying that about a black person because there's been a difference in how they have been hit, depicted and treated historically. That's not hard to figure out. I mean, come on. I, and I also don't, like, white people are so obsessed with the N-word thing all the time. Like, never got that. I, I just don't say it. <laughs> you know, like, uh, just don't say it. Don C. Williams tweets in, I like your show, Robin, so please don't lower yourself like some others in sports talk radio. Urban Meyer has a rookie QB, a young team, and lost his top RB and Etienne. Don't allow yourself to get involved in stupid hot takes and stories used for social media clicks. I, I don't understand what point you're making. You're saying that uh, Urban Meyer, you know, as the leader, should have done that. I, I mean, I agree. I don't think it was good what Urban Meyer did. I'm not. I didn't say that. I just don't think what he did in a vacuum is a fireable offense. I think with John Gruden, this could turn into a a fireable offense on its on its own, on the surface. Let's go to Sam and Canton. Sam, you're up next. What's going on? Hey, Robin. Good morning. Hey, Robin. Uh, just like to make a few comments, but before I do, I'd like to ask a question of you. Uh, sure. Who was it who broke this story? I was just kind of curious. Where did Wall this Street come Wall from? Street Journal? Okay, all right. And was it uh, uh, a a member of the media that got a hold of this email? I mean, who got a hold of the email, or how did it this, come? To so there's an investigation into the Washington Football Team, uh, the, into uh, misconduct that the Washington Football Team was, was was involved in. People, not the the team itself, but people behind the scenes at the organization, and as part of that investigation, the NFL has been reviewing thousands upon thousands of emails. The email we're talking about here is one that John Gruden sent to Bruce Allen, who was um, running the, the, the football team at that time. So that's how it came to be. How the Wall Street Journal got a hold of it and, and put it out there, I, I don't know. I mean, that's part of journalism and reporting. But that's why it's it's there, because the NFL was doing this investigation. And as part of that investigation, they were going through emails. And one of those emails was John Gruden's email. OK, uh, so it, it started with the NFL carrying out its own investigation. Yes. OK, uh, I was just curious as to how all this came to be. I, I don't think there could be any question whatsoever that what John Gruden said was on every level stupid and despicable and unacceptable. Okay. Um, those kind of things 
just in civilized societies shouldn't exist. And uh, so for him to be held accountable, I, I have no issues whatsoever with that. I guess what bothers me, uh, and you kind of hit on it earlier, Robin, is the fact that uh, things that happened 20 years ago, 10 years ago, are dug up and people make a mistake or, or have one moment in their lives where they're stupid or not thinking. And, you know, it can ruin them for life. Uh, you have alluded to the fact here that you could see John Gruden losing his job over this. And I think that's going to be the outcome. Uh, I, I don't see how his players can perceive him in any other way uh, other than in a negative light. Uh, and in that case, I don't see how he can continue to coach. But on a larger context, not only will he probably lose his job, but my guess is he will never coach again, and he will never be in a broadcasting booth. And, he, you know, these comments, no matter how despicable and how stupid, could possibly finish him for life in terms of being any kind of public figure. And I sometimes wonder, Robin, whether the motivation behind revealing something like this is to make the world a better world or because people out there have an axe to grind and because you know, it becomes I, a thing this of is, control. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And, and, and I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I think in this case, and, and this is why you have to treat every situation individually, I, I think in this case it was newsworthy and a news organization printed it, right? I, I don't think it was um, – the fact that, you know, somebody was just digging to go, ha-ha, gotcha. And, and I'm with you. Uh, you and I, I think you and I are in, in general in agreement here in what you said, and, and I appreciate the call. And, and that's why it's tough because you have to treat each situation individually because I also can't stand when somebody does something and everybody goes and finds whatever they said in the past, whatever they said to throw it in their face. And it's just like, come on. You know, this guy was 17 years old when he said that or or – you know, that was so long ago and it has nothing to do with now. And, and it just, it's not, you know, yes, it's not good, but it's not that big a deal. Like, and I feel that way about many things. Or, or you shouldn't lose your job over that. All those thoughts, feelings, I share with you. Um, I do. And do I think one mistake should, should end somebody forever? In general, I mean, depending on obviously the severity of the mistake and what it is. But in general, no. In this instance, it's a little different, though. It's a little different because it's an email. Uh, it's a little different because the position he holds. It's a little different because of what he said. And then even if it's 10 years ago, John Gruden was like 50 years old 10 years ago. 48 years old, I think, 10 years ago. So you're also not talking about like, you know, some kid at that point, which makes it a little different. But I, I, I agree with your sentiment. I do. And in in most cases – you know, I, I think these things are blown out of proportion or are just like used as gotcha things. And, and, and I don't like that. I don't like that tendency. I don't like that habit. I, I don't like the way people behave around that. But, you know, in this case, I, I just tell you my reaction. When I read it, I was like, ugh. That was my first reaction. Not, you know, before I even then, I saw the context of the story and when it was, and 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 his exp, explanation and all the various statements. But I just don't know if there's any coming back from this one, considering his position and considering the makeup of the locker room. We'll see. 
I think the players determine that. I do. Ultimately, like, there'll be there's the PR and there's the players. The PR is going to be bad. You can withstand the bad PR if the players have his back. If the players don't have his back, he's out of there. I think it's kind of as simple as that. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We'll get back into this John Gruden story as the show rolls on. But want to get into a little Major League Baseball as the playoffs are ongoing. We'll get to that coming up next. It's the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Turns out the Houston Astros whole cheating thing didn't stop them from being good. They're up 2-0 in their playoff series over the Chicago White Sox. Giants lead the Dodgers 1-0 after winning that one 4-0. Boston ties it up with the Rays 14-6, the final there. And Milwaukee takes a 1-0 series lead over Atlanta. You know, it's funny that there, there's two. The World Series is obviously a big deal, but before that, I think it's the wild card games that are the biggest deal in baseball because of the, the one-game nature of it. It doesn't make sense for a, a baseball season, 162, to come down to one. That's wild, really, when you think about it. But it's drama for, for casual fans. So Yankees-Red Sox, one-game playoff. still think that's the moment of the playoffs thus far until, you know, you get a, a, to the World Series probably. Or, you know, to a Game 7 in another series. Something dramatic like that. But, you know, that uh, the Yankees, it's funny the way Yankees fans are. Because good is not good enough for the Yankees, right? Like, that team won, or I think Aaron Boone's won 98 games a year as the manager. And he still might be gone. We'll see. Brian Cashman, he's won a bunch. He still might be gone. But they haven't won a World Series since 2009. And Garrett Cole is, you know, the, the if you're looking for a reason, not their season, the, the roster had some flaws, obviously. And you can't just rely on Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. But if you're looking for a, a reason that they lost that one game, you look no further than the guy who's supposed to be their ace, who's supposed to put them over the top, not getting into the third inning. <laughs> That's tough to, to overcome. 855 212 Four two two seven eight five five two one two four two two seven at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. Let's go to Dion in Houston. Dion, you're up next here on the show. What's going on, Dion? You there? Hey, Robin. Sorry about that. What's going good? on, man? What up? Hey, man. Look here, man. Let me uh, start this off by saying I do not like John Gruden at all as a coach. I don't know him personally. But let me tell you one thing I know, and two things are certain: he will not lose his job in the NFL. He will he will get any job he wants in the media. You know why? Black players love John Gruden. They know the real John Gruden. We don't. I don't know John Gruden. I just don't like him as a coach. But black players stand by him. They love him. They know the real John Gruden. And he's going nowhere, no time soon. Hell, just look at the Raiders. If Mark Davis just go in the locker room, Robin, and say, Josh Jacobs, you want John Gruden gone? Josh, Josh Jacobs say, Hell no. I love Coach. Let me let me well, ask you how you know how do you know that? 
I mean, I don't know. I, my point, I don't know how the players are going to respond. I think how the players respond could ultimately decide this story, but how do you know that? Well, that's the feeling I get, and, you know, I've never heard in some circles like you go into and uh, some beliefs you, you go into, you can have a feel that, you know, just by, you know, listening to some interviews black players have said about John Gruden, only person who really don't like John Gruden, and I don't even know if he don't really like John Gruden, is Keyshawn Johnson. I still think Keyshawn Johnson liked John Gruden as a person, Robin. You know what I mean? But as a coach, remember, they got into it at butt heads. Well, look, I mean, with John Gruden, uh, like I said before, I think, you know, Urban Meyer people don't like in general, and and, and people that they do like, there are those that people do like get more leeway. And and I, I think, you know, John Gruden in that sense does have that advantage because of his career on Monday Night Football, the impressions that Caliendo does and all that stuff. And I would have thought, like, you know, look, I, I, I would have thought John Gruden says all sorts of, you know, expletives and whatever he says when he's running his mouth. You see that all the time. That, I, I think nothing of that. But yeah. his players didn't know that this email existed either. And there's a difference between the way, you know, I would have thought John Gruden might speak and the the wording that's used here directed toward a specific person. And I'm not speaking for his players either, and thanks for the call. I'm not speaking for them or on their behalf. I don't know. I have no idea how they will react. That is not for me to decide. Uh, that's for each individual to decide. But I, I also won't assume I know that they're just going to be like, oh, we're cool with this because they previously liked John Gruden or liked playing for him. Because this is the kind of thing that could make you feel different, uh, you know, just just by itself. Bill in Dallas. Bill, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Uh, not much, man. Uh, first, I'll say with, with you, Robin, I mean, I always like your opinions. But I always listen to you because I find you to be balanced and always what pretty and always always well researched. Always have your point. Your point is well stuck. So I always give you that. Thank you. Number one, no problem. No more. Uh, number one on Urban Meyer. Uh, on Urban Meyer, I think he just started parlaying his way back into to that USC job without faking another he headache problem like Percy Harvin or something like that, like he did at Ohio State with the heart murmur, and suddenly it's gone, and he's got another job. And with John Gruden, I think the solution to this is to keep his job. He's got to go into a room with Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and say it to their face and let them handle it. Well, I know for a fact he wouldn't do that. Yeah, again, this is the kind of thing that, you know, you, you and thanks for the call. This is the kind of thing that um, you you don't just let go, like, and see. You don't, um, you don't see that and, and just move past it right away. You know, it's like, like oh, there's John Gruden being John Gruden. There's, there's a, a significance to, to what he said. Ron in Wisconsin. Ron, you're up next on the show. What's up? Yeah, hi, Robin. I want to make two main points, but I just want to ask you a question first. Did you sure. ever see the movie Grand Torino? I, I, is that the Clint Eastwood movie? I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. No. Well, there's a, it's basically a movie about Clint Eastwood kind of take mentors a young Hmong boy to kind of toughen him up. And one of the scenes in the movie is he takes A young what a boy? I'm sorry? A Hmong, a person, a Hmong kid. You know, the Hmong, the Laotians that came from Vietnam. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Sorry. I just didn't, when you, you spoke it fast, I didn't, I didn't uh, quite hear what you said. Go ahead. 
Well, he takes him to a barber shop and he shows him the art of ball busting, which is uh, something that I'm 65. I grew up in a housing project in Brooklyn. When we, when I was young, we had different people from ethnic groups, and you would get on each other's case and tease each other, and you would use stereotypes, and uh, you could get to a point where you could tell you were irritating the other person, and then you'd back off. And if you didn't back off, yeah, you probably were going to have an altercation. But at that time, race relations were improving because when you talk about these stereotypes, the other person would explain to you, oh, that's not true, or whatever. You'd have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think race relations are deteriorating now because everyone is afraid to touch the subject. So they talk about it behind each other's back. The only image they get of other races or ethnicities is what they see on television, which usually isn't true. And this is especially true in a state like Wisconsin, where, you know, you maybe have large communities where you don't have any people of color or anything. So I, the, my point about that is that um, people say mean things when they're mad. And a lot of times you pick whatever the most obvious weakness is. If someone's fat, you might make fun of that behind their back. Or if they have an ugly wife, or if they have a big nose, or whatever. And that's not right. It's mean. It's a bad thing. But I'm Jewish. When I lived in New York, people made nasty comments about being Jewish. But usually you just had a conversation about it. In Wisconsin, people don't know any Jewish people, and they don't know that I'm Jewish. And I will say really nasty, mean things. And I've met people that I wanted to get in a fight with and almost did. But I didn't want them life ruined, even though I didn't like the person. I didn't want them to lose their job. So that's what that other caller was talking about. Your generation, I'm getting afraid to talk to people under 40 because I don't really know what's the exact right thing to say anymore. I have sure. No, I, I, I get the I get the point you're trying to make, and I get that. Look, look. Think about what I do for a living, right? You know, um, and and worried about saying the wrong thing and that being the end of you. Like I understand, and, and I, I and I'm with you in that regard. I am. Uh, in this case, though, it's not like about you know just what we think. It's about what he actually said here and how his players respond to it too. Because he's supposed to be the, the coach and the, the the leader of that team. And they're going to see the same thing we just saw. As far as what you described about, like, insulting one another, it's called snapping where I'm from. And snap culture, you know, like, and and trust me, I've been involved in it. That's how I grew up with my buddies. It's how I grew up uh, on the Upper West. I mean, it's how I lived on the Upper West Side of Manhattan straight out of college. You know, a group of us that just constantly. Could you imagine if someone had a video of something you said 20 years ago? The the difference here is it's context, though. Right. Like it's context, because even if they did and I don't I don't know if I've ever used language like Gruden did. But even if they did. Right. If you saw it, you would know the context of it and you would say, all right, these guys were busting on each other, were snapping on each other. In this case, that's not what happened. John Gruden was trying to be insulting to Demora Smith in what he thought was a private communication. Right. And he sent it in an email. It, so it is right. different. And I, I, understand, no I understand what you're saying. And I think what we're all struggling with a little bit here is, and me too, I don't like the general principle of something somebody did 10 years ago being dug up and thrown and, and ending their career. Like, I don't like that on general principle. At the same time, when you just see on the surface what John Gruden said in that email, it's tough to get past. And, and, and I think it's going to be tough from the PR standpoint. And I think – 
again, th- this is up to the players. I don't make that decision for them. But I think they're going to be the ones who, who – and I appreciate the call. I think those are going to be – they're going to be the ones who determine the outcome here. Because I would get it if they're like, yo, you can't be my coach anymore, dude. That's how you, you speak about, you know, a, a black man. That That's tough. I mean, I, I, I read that and I feel a different way about John Gruden. So I, I can't blame a player if they feel a different way about John Gruden, even if in general I'm against that practice and that principle, like of we're, we're finding old things and, and ending your career over it. Because I don't like that either. I'm with you. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. You got it. <laughs> Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Samuel D. Johnson, eight tweets in. I've been listening to your conversation. Just wanted to know if the players are the final decision on this, meaning what about Gruden's bosses? Have they gave word on what they want to do? And what does that mean in terms of type of action they would take? Well, they, they put out a statement, the Raiders did, calling it uh, disgusting, I think. Disturbing. Disturbing, I'm sorry, was the word uh, I believe that they used. When I say the players, it's not that the players are in charge. What I mean is the bosses probably don't know what to do. And the bosses are probably trying to figure out how they navigate this. Just me being honest. That's what I think is probably happening. They're probably figuring out, Ooh, what do we do here? Um, they knew they had to get out in front of it, put a statement out. Same with the NFL. But if the players aren't supporting John Gruden through this, then they have no choice but to fire him. Right? Like, that's why I say that. Because if the players were to say, hey, I was pissed about this, but we we trust in what we think John Gruden's actually about and we want him to be the coach of the team, I think they could maybe, you know, get through it. But if the players say, yo, did you see what this guy said? You know, I, I don't feel the same way about him anymore. It's over. Because the PR is going to be bad regardless. So it's how much they want to navigate the PR is is how I see this playing out. And this is not the kind of thing like this is if I were predicting, I don't think John Gruden is going to be the Raiders coach for very long, very much longer. That's me predicting, um, having seen a lot of these stories, because there are certain ones you see and you go, that's going to be the end. And there are certain ones you see and you go, all right, this is going to be a a talking point for a few days, but um, things will be restored. 855-212-4227. I said before the break, the sporting event of the weekend is not a football game. And I believe that. I think it's the fight tonight. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, heavyweight fight. I'm a little mad at Tyson Fury because I was supposed to interview him on Thursday and he no-showed. <laughs> he just didn't. I mean, I think it wasn't just me. I think he no-showed all of his media. Uh, so... I might, like, I was going to be rooting for Tyson Fury. Maybe now I'm rooting for Deontay Wilder. I've interviewed both those guys in the past. You know, Deontay Wilder was an intimidating interview because it was right after he just said he wanted to kill someone in the ring. Like, that was, like, his thing. Yeah, uh, and it was in the bowels of the Barclays Center. And then you got to ask this guy, like, so you said you wanted to punch somebody uh, until they were deceased. <laughs> what, are your, what do you mean by that? Can you uh, elaborate? Um, but... This is a, you know, anytime there's a big fight, 
there's a certain energy. There's a certain vibe. And there aren't that many big fights, right? Like, there aren't that many anymore. Because you got these joke fights happening all the time when it comes to boxing. Like, Jake Paul and whoever. Uh, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. And, but this is a legit big fight. Legit big fight. Trilogy. Third time these guys have met. First fight was great. Second fight, Fury dominated. Deontay Wilder was embarrassed after that fight. So there's a certain level of uh, motivation. There's a certain level of, of preparation, I'm sure, that Wilder undertook for this one. And I've never seen anyone hit harder than Deontay Wilder. That right hand he throws is as powerful as any punch in the history of boxing. So he's dangerous. Maybe he won't wear a stupid costume before this fight. Tyson Fury is the better boxer, though. Uh, Tyson Fury, you know, talk about Mayweather. He's almost like Mayweather-esque in the heavyweight division, the way he moves and and uh, the way he, he defends, you know, himself. And that should be the difference. I know Fury is, has come in 20 pounds heavier for this fight. I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, he, he has a history of, of bad weight, um, but if he if he deliberately put that on for power, it could be good. Bottom line is, Tyson Fury's a better boxer. He should win the fight. Better boxers should win the fight. But there's always a chance with Wilder that he could get stopped. And that's the intrigue of this fight, especially knowing the motivation that Wilder has coming in because Wilder's career is kind of on the line in many ways. He doesn't win this fight. He gets dominated again. He'll never be viewed the same way, but a knockout in a return here. He's right back where he was. Unfortunately, Anthony Joshua lost his last fight. So there's not that mega fight on the other end of this, but this is a mega fight in and of itself. And, you know, Saturday night heavyweight fight. I'm into it. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm excited for it. What about you? 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. Uh, let's go back to you guys, and uh, how about Josh in Arlington? Josh, you're up next on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's up? Good morning, Robin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just had two, two points or questions, rather, for you. Uh, my first thing is, do you think a loss at home in Las Vegas against the Chicago Bears would intensify or kind of get the ball rolling even faster as far as Gruden's departure at Las Vegas. I don't and think this has anything to do with their uh, the team and the record and how they're performing. I, I I think this is a a big enough situation independently that it you know it because they're in a good shape. I mean they're they're three and one right now, right? They're they're, they're in a good spot, and this is still a, a controversy. Finally, the Gruden era had turned, so I, I don't think the result of the football game has anything to do with it. Go ahead. Okay, and then uh, my second question was. Uh, I, I, or it's my point, rather, I, I don't think this could have dropped at a better time for Urban Meyer because I, I feel like he's feeling relieved right now that the uh, spotlight's kind of taking a turn and wanted to see what your thoughts were. Thank yeah, you. I mean, I, I made that same sort of joke earlier. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, Urban Meyer's now, like, he could take a breath because the Urban Meyer thing is probably done until it comes up again. Uh, you know, until something else brings it back. I think he he probably escaped uh, that situation. And initially, when I like I said, when I saw the Urban Meyer uh, video or or 
photos or whatever it was, I thought this is going to be a bigger deal than it actually is. This isn't really our business. It's him and his wife's business. Um, and we'll see what comes of that. But between, you know, people having different angles of what took place and, uh, you know, Meyer not traveling back with the team and, and apparently reports that the, the team wasn't feeling him, wasn't feeling uh, his, uh, his vibe and, or his explanation and all that. And then you had some analysts calling for his job. It got bigger than I even thought it would initially. And then you start to see, like, you know, old videos of Urban Meyer surface. He obviously becomes a meme as a result of that, that look on his face that he that he had in, in regards to it. And, and like I said, when you're, you're not liked, people are, are more apt to jump on you for something like this. And people don't like Urban Meyer. And he has a reputation. Uh, not a reputation, a track record. I don't even say reputation. He has a track record which makes it harder to defend, even if in a vacuum I didn't think that was a fireable offense, and I, I don't think in a vacuum it was a fireable offense. This John Gruden thing is kind of the antithesis of that because John Gruden is well-liked. John Gruden does not have a bad reputation. I mean, everyone knew John Gruden had a potty mouth, but other than that, he doesn't have, you know, he, he's portrayed as almost like a cartoonish, lovable guy. That's, you know, the, the Frank Caliendo impression, right? Is that his most famous impression? I think that might be Frank Caliendo's most famous impression. And it's of this lovable character, John Gruden, right, that people really liked on Monday Night Football as an announcer. Even if they didn't think he was the most insightful, they just liked him. And that makes something like this, you know, more difficult to swallow. And, and it makes it so people don't, you know, want to pile on him immediately because they're like, I kind of like that guy. He did this. But you can't let that blind you to what actually took place here. And and again, like I said, also, I don't like when things from 10 years ago get brought up in general. I don't like when people lose their careers, their livelihoods over things that they said in the past that generally aren't a big deal. But I, this is a different situation. It's the ugliness of what he said. It's the fact that it's in an email. And it's the, the fact that he's got to look his players in the face. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Um, but, you know, you can continue to discuss John Gruden, Urban Meyer, obviously. And, and like I said, the, the heavyweight fight tonight, which I think is the, the biggest sporting event of the weekend. I don't know if there's a football game in college or the NFL. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, obviously, in college football, it is going to have appeal to people, of course. Georgia and Auburn. I mean, there's some solid games on the schedule there. In the NFL, Chiefs-Bills, clearly the marquee game, Sunday night football, right? I mean, Trey Lance is going to get his first start Sunday afternoon against the Cardinals. That's a really good one. Looking forward to that one. But I, I don't think anything on the football schedule is equivalent to Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder tonight. Am I right or wrong on that? Is the fight, the heavyweight fight, the sporting event of the weekend? 855-212-4227. At Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G if you want to reach me there. A lot of good interaction on today's show. I always, you know, appreciate it when you guys help, uh, help steer the show because... That's what I'm here for on a Saturday morning, right? 
you know, we're recapping the week. I'm telling you what I think, but we're hanging out together and we're, you know, discussing it together. And and I think you guys always, uh, you know, uh, do a good job for the most part of, of furthering the conversation rather than, you know, taking it in the, the wrong direction or, or derailing the, the course of the show. Something could derail the favorites in the NBA, though. And that is another one of those stories that just isn't going away. Brooklyn Nets played a game last night, preseason game. Kevin Durant in uniform. James Harden in uniform. Kyrie Irving not in uniform. I'll give you my thoughts on that situation and how the Nets should handle it coming up next. Also, like I said, want to hear from you. 855-212-4227. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.